Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. This week, I'm continuing to air a brand new series that I've got out entitled Biblical Worldview. We've got a lot of product that goes out. It has this study guide that goes along with it that has all of the quotes, all of the statistics, all of the visuals that we use to make this. This is something that has been in the works for years, and I am excited about this. I think that this is going to be one of the best things that we've ever put out. Last week, I spent four days just emphasizing how important a biblical worldview was. On Friday's broadcast, we started talking about the accuracy of the Bible because there are many Christians today that don't believe that the Bible is literally inspired by God. They think it might have been inspired, but there's all kinds of mistakes and inaccuracies, and they just look at it as a kind of a guide, but they don't value it as the Word of God. I tell you, that is wrong. For you to have a biblical worldview, you have to settle this in your heart, that the Bible is the living, inspired Word of God. Man spoke as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to be talking about that on today. We're going to play this video. I'll come back at the end of the program and encourage you to please get this material. It's going to really, really help you. Without the Bible, we would still be in the dark ages. It was the truth of the Word of God that set people free. According to what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 32, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So it's not the Bible that caused these problems. It was the lack of the Bible. It was the lack of the Word of God. It was the fact that people had been put into leadership positions and they were using traditions and doctrines of men to oppress people and to misrepresent God is what calls the dark ages and all of those things. The apostate church only flourished because the Bible was not translated into the common languages and that's the reason that we had the dark ages. Carl Sagan and Richard Dawkins, who are popular atheists, they falsely claim that religion was an impediment to science. Now, again, it depends how you define religion. If you talk about false religion, if you talk about all of the superstitious things that have been done in the name of the Lord, I might even agree with some of that. But it was godly people that actually brought science to the forefront. People like Galileo and Newton, they were committed Christians. Christopher Columbus was a committed Christian. Now, people have maligned him and talked about things that he did, and there were things that were wrong. He wasn't a perfect Christian, but he was inspired by God. I've read his own quotes about how that he believed God had spoken to him through the Scriptures and told him, that the world was round and that he would not fall off a flat earth and things like this. It was his Christian faith that caused these things. Harvard, Princeton, Yale, all of these universities were started as Christian 
INSTITUTIONS. AND I'VE EVEN READ THEIR RULES THAT THEY HAD BACK IN THE BEGINNING, AND YOU HAD TO BE A CHRISTIAN. YOU HAD TO HAVE DEVOTIONS. YOU HAD TO STUDY THE BIBLE ON A DAILY BASIS TO EVEN BE A PART OF THOSE UNIVERSITIES. THEY WERE STARTED BY CHRISTIANS. SCIENCE HAS BEEN HIJACKED TODAY, AND WHAT IS BEING CALLED SCIENCE, IT'S BEEN HIJACKED THROUGH THEORIES LIKE EVOLUTION, GLOBAL WARMING, AND OTHER THINGS LIKE THIS, PEOPLE BEING BORN IN THE WRONG BODY, THAT I'M ACTUALLY A WOMAN, BUT I'VE GOT A MAN'S BODY. I JUST HEARD THAT THERE WAS A PERSON THAT WON A BEAUTY CONTEST THAT IS A TRANSVESTITE, AND I TELL YOU, THAT'S JUST WRONG. AND PEOPLE TODAY ARE SAYING THAT THIS IS THE WAY THAT IT IS, THAT WE CAN'T TELL PEOPLE, YOU KNOW, THAT YOU'RE MALE OR FEMALE. THAT IS ABSOLUTELY WRONG. THAT IS NOT SCIENCE. THAT IS FOOLISHNESS. AND I'M GOING TO BE DEALING WITH THIS MORE WHEN WE GET INTO EVOLUTION VERSUS CREATIONISM. ALMOST ALL GOOD THINGS IN LIFE THAT WE TAKE FOR GRANTED BEAR THE STAMP OF THE BIBLE'S INFLUENCE. THIS IS A QUOTE FROM PAUDETTE AND HEFLEY. AND THEY SAID, MARRIAGE, FAMILY, NAMES, CALENDARS, INSTITUTION OF CARING, SOCIAL AGENCIES, EDUCATION, BENEFITS FROM SCIENCE, UPLIFTING BOOKS, MAGNIFICENT WORKS OF ART AND MUSIC, FREEDOM, ESPECIALLY IN THE UNITED STATES. I GUARANTEE YOU, THIS NATION WAS FOUNDED BECAUSE OF CHRISTIAN VALUES. YOU KNOW, FRANCE WENT THROUGH A REVOLUTION, BUT THEY HAD HAD VOLTAIRE AND OTHERS WITH THE AGE OF ENLIGHTENMENT COMPLETELY DO AWAY WITH CHRISTIANITY, AND IT WAS AN ATHEISTIC REVOLUTION, AND BECAUSE OF IT, I MEAN, IT WAS DEVASTATING, AND IT JUST DEVASTATED FRANCE. IN CONTRAST TO THAT, THE AMERICAN REVOLUTION, THE REASON IT SUCCEEDED WAS BECAUSE IT WAS BASED ON BIBLICAL PRINCIPLES. JOHN ADAMS, WHO WAS THE FIRST VICE PRESIDENT, THE SECOND PRESIDENT OF THE UNITED STATES, HE SAID THAT DEMOCRACY IS TOTALLY UNFIT FOR ANYBODY BUT A MORAL AND RELIGIOUS PEOPLE. IF WE EVER QUIT BEING MORAL AND RELIGIOUS, THEN DEMOCRACY WILL DESTROY US. IF PEOPLE CAN'T CONTROL themselves, THERE ISN'T ENOUGH GOVERNMENT TO BE ABLE TO CONTROL THEM. THE ONLY REASON THAT DEMOCRACY WORKED IN THE UNITED STATES IS BECAUSE OF THE MORAL RESTRAINT THAT CHRISTIANITY, WHICH WAS BASED UPON THE BIBLE, HAD UPON THAT SOCIETY. SO GOING BACK AGAIN TO THIS QUOTE, IT WAS TALKING ABOUT ART AND MUSIC, FREEDOM, JUSTICE, EQUAL RIGHTS, THE WORK ETHIC, THE VIRTUES OF SELF-RELIANCE, SELF-DISCIPLINE, ALL OF THESE THINGS CAME FROM THE INFLUENCE OF THE BIBLE AND CHRISTIANITY UPON THE WORLD. SO ANYONE WHO CLAIMS TO BE REALLY SEARCHING FOR THE TRUTH AND OPEN AND WILLING TO, to BELIEVE THE TRUTH, WHATEVER IT IS, YOU ARE INTELLECTUALLY DISHONEST NOT TO SEARCH THE BIBLE, A BOOK THAT IS UNIQUE IN THE WAY IT WAS WRITTEN, BY THE NUMBER OF PEOPLE IT WAS WRITTEN, THE TIME IT WAS WRITTEN OVER, THE NUMBER OF COPIES THAT HAVE BEEN MADE, THE INFLUENCE THAT IT HAS HAD UPON HUMANITY. IT IS INTELLECTUALLY DISHONEST FOR A PERSON TO SAY, I'M SEEKING FOR THE TRUTH, BUT THEN REJECT THE BIBLE AND JUST WRITE IT OFF AS BEING A MAN-MADE THING. YOU CANNOT DO THAT. THAT IS INTELLECTUALLY DISHONEST. LET'S LOOK AT A COUPLE OF THINGS HERE. NUMBER ONE, LOOK AT THE MANUSCRIPTS THAT WE HAVE ABOUT THE BIBLE. IF YOU DIDN'T HAVE AN ORIGINAL COPY OF A WORK, BUT YOU HAD TWO COPIES, 
you had two translations or two copies of that original document made, then you would have a 50-50 chance that those documents are accurate. But if you had four copies of an original document and three of them agreed with each other, the fourth one had some differences in it, then you would have a 75% chance that the uh, translations or the copies were accurate. Look at this. There are 66,000 manuscripts and scrolls of the Bible. There's 24,000 manuscripts of the New Testament alone. That's from Evidence That Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. And this gives us a phenomenal confidence in the accuracy of the Bible. Look at this, that some of the documents that we base our history upon, there are less than 20 copies of the originals. We don't have the original documents of many, many things, like Homer's Iliad and things like that. That's the closest old document that we have compared to the Bible. And there are 1,900 copies of Homer's Iliad. Contrast that with 66,000 manuscripts of the Old and the New Testament, 24,000 of the New Testament alone. And so, like for instance, about Julius Caesar, did you know that we only have a handful of documents that actually talk about him? Now, we've got some coins with his inscription on it and things like that. But if you're just talking about documents, we have more documentation of the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have infinitely, hundreds of times, more documents proving that than we have proving that Julius Caesar lived. And you know, nobody questions that Julius Caesar in the Roman Empire and all of these things, they don't question those things. It's because there is a demonic attack against the Word of God. If we were to look at it intellectually and not just take it from a faith perspective, but if you just looked at the number of manuscripts, the detail, the confirmation that we have that the Word of God is accurate, it is infinitely more than all of these documents we have about other facts in history that are undisputed. Nobody argues about that because there isn't a demonic attack against that. But there is a spirit of Antichrist. There is a demonic spirit that wars against the Bible. And if you have somehow or another bought into this and thought, well, the Bible is inaccurate, we just can't trust it and all of these things, it is the influence of the devil that has put that attitude out there. There is a lot of proof for the accuracy of the Bible. If you just go by the sheer volume of copies of the New Testament that we have, if you take it from a mathematical perspective, we have a 99.5% confidence level that the translation has been preserved. And this is taken from the number of copies and the variances among them and things like this. 99.5% confidence level that the Bible is inspired by the Word of God. If you add what the Bible says about itself, about being holy scriptures, being God-breathed, people being moved by God, and if you add faith to what these physical, natural things says, then I believe that you have a 100% confidence level that the Word of God is accurate in all of its ways. Homer's Iliad, there are 1,900 copies of that, and there are 643 lines that are in question that are variations between all of these different copies. But out of the 24,000 New Testament copies, there are only 400 words 
IN QUESTION, AND NONE OF THEM MAKE ANY DIFFERENCE IN THE TRANSLATION AT ALL. IT'S JUST MINOR THINGS LIKE A COMMA OR SOMETHING LIKE THAT. SO GET THIS, HOMER'S ILIAD, 643 LINES ARE DIFFERENT IN JUST A FEW COPIES, RELATIVE FEW COPIES, AND THE 24,000 COPIES OF THE NEW TESTAMENT HAVE ONLY 400 WORDS IN QUESTION. AGAIN, THIS SPEAKS TO THE ACCURACY THAT THIS ISN'T JUST A HUMAN BOOK THAT PEOPLE COPIED, AND AS THEY DID, PEOPLE MADE MISTAKES. NO, GOD INSPIRED THE ORIGINAL MANUSCRIPTS, AND GOD INSPIRED THE COPYIST SO THAT THEY KEPT TRUE TO THE MEANING OF IT. THE CLOSEST COPY OF THE ILIAD WAS 500 YEARS AFTER HOMER WROTE IT. IN CONTRAST TO THAT, THE NEW TESTAMENT WAS WRITTEN WITHIN 50 YEARS OF THE ACTUAL EVENTS THAT IT DEPICTED. NOW, THE REASON THAT THIS IS IMPORTANT IS BECAUSE IN 50 YEARS AFTER THE EVENTS OF JESUS' LIFE AND DEATH AND RESURRECTION, THERE WERE STILL PEOPLE ALIVE WHO WITNESSED THESE THINGS. IF THERE HAD BEEN ERRORS IN THIS, THEN SOME OF THE EYEWITNESSES WOULD HAVE SPOKEN UP, AND YET THAT DIDN'T HAPPEN. JUST THE CONTRARY. IT WAS QUOTED SO OFTEN, AND THESE SCRIPTURES THAT WERE WRITTEN, THE GOSPELS, WERE USED SO OFTEN AMONG THE CHURCH THAT THE SILENCE OF ANY CRITICS COMING AGAINST IT IS A TREMENDOUS TESTIMONY TO THE ACCURACY OF THEM. SO THE CLOSER THAT COPIES ARE TO THE TIME THAT THE EVENT WAS WRITTEN GIVES AN ADDED LEVEL OF uh, IMPORTANCE TO IT. AND THE SHEER VOLUME OF IT AND THE VERY SMALL VARIATIONS BETWEEN ALL OF THESE COPIES IS ANOTHER THING THAT ADDS TO THE ACCURACY, THE CONFIDENCE THAT WE HAVE IN THE WORD OF GOD. AND SO THAT IS AMAZING RIGHT THERE. THERE IS NO OTHER BOOK IN HISTORY THAT EVEN RIVALS THIS. DID YOU KNOW THAT THE NEW TESTAMENT WAS QUOTED SO MANY TIMES BY OTHER AUTHORS IN THE FIRST, SECOND, AND THIRD CENTURIES THAT YOU COULD LITERALLY RECONSTRUCT ALL BUT 11 VERSES OF THE NEW TESTAMENT WITHOUT HAVING ANY COPIES OF THE NEW TESTAMENT. YOU COULD TAKE IT FROM WRITINGS WHERE THEY WERE QUOTING FROM THESE WRITTEN MATERIALS. AGAIN, THERE IS NO OTHER BOOK THAT EVEN COMES CLOSE TO THAT, AND WHAT A CONFIDENCE BUILDER THAT IS THAT THIS WAS INSPIRED OF GOD AND THAT THE TRANSLATIONS AND THE COPIES THAT WERE MADE ARE ALSO TRUE. AND SO THOSE WHO BELIEVE THAT EACH COPY HAD ERRORS IN IT AND THEN AS OTHER COPIES OF THE COPIES ARE MADE. IT'S A CASCADING EFFECT, AND BY THE TIME YOU GET DOWN TO THE DOCUMENTS THAT WE HAVE TODAY, THAT THERE'S JUST ALL OF THESE ERRORS, AND SO THEREFORE YOU CANNOT BELIEVE IN THE ACCURACY OF THE SCRIPTURE. ANYBODY WHO BELIEVES THAT IS IGNORING THE FACTS THAT WE'VE LEARNED THROUGH THE DEAD SEA SCROLLS. THE DEAD SEA SCROLLS WERE DISCOVERED IN 1946 THROUGH 56 IN 11 CAVES THAT WERE JUST NORTH OF THE DEAD SEA, AND THEY WERE TRANSLATING THE OLD TESTAMENT SCRIPTURES. AND SO THESE DEAD SEA SCROLLS WERE WRITTEN A THOUSAND YEARS BEFORE THE DOCUMENTS THAT OUR MODERN TRANSLATIONS WERE MADE FROM. SO AGAIN, IF YOU TAKE THIS THOUGHT THAT EVERY TIME THERE WAS A COPY MADE OF THE ORIGINAL, THERE WERE ERRORS, AND THEN WHEN A COPY WAS MADE OF THE COPY, THERE WERE ERRORS, AND IT JUST HAS A CASCADING EFFECT. WELL, THAT WOULD LEAD YOU TO THE CONCLUSION THAT BY THE TIME WE GET THE MANUSCRIPTS THAT WE HAVE TODAY, THAT THERE WERE JUST SO MANY MISTAKES IN THEM THAT IT WOULD BE TOTALLY INACCURATE AND YOU COULDN'T BASE YOUR FAITH ON IT. THE DEAD SEA SCROLLS PROVE JUST THE OPPOSITE. THE DEAD SEA SCROLLS 
were a thousand years before the copies in the Old Testament was translated from, and yet the differences between the Dead Sea Scrolls and these other copies are minuscule. They are minor. You know, the book of Isaiah was intact in the Dead Sea Scrolls, and I forget the exact figures here, but it was only, I don't know, there was like a hundred variations between the the copies that we have and these Dead Sea Scrolls that were a thousand years before that, and these differences made no difference in anything. It was just like a stroke of a pen. It was the letter, you know, somehow or another wasn't accurately represented or something like that. It made no difference whatsoever. So again, our manuscripts prove that the Word of God was originally directed by God. God breathed. People were moved by the Holy Spirit, and not only the originals, but the copies. And so I believe that the manuscripts prove the accuracy of the Word of God. A second thing is about prophecy. And you know, this is really important to me. When I first got turned on to the Lord, I started uh, being bold and saying things that were countering the religious traditions that I had been brought up with, and I got a lot of criticism over it. And I had people come out against me and challenge me, and I was going back to the Word of God. Specifically, you know, I was talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the Baptist church that I was raised in, they said, oh, those things passed away with the apostles. We don't speak in tongues today. We don't have miracles. God doesn't do miracles. These gifts of the Holy Spirit don't work. Well, I was reading the Bible, and I mean, the Holy Spirit was witnessing to me, and I was talking about, no, it does work today. We should be seeing the dead raised. We should be seeing miracles happen today. And I was challenged, and people came back and said, you can't take these things literally. I remember specifically Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John raised the man up who was at the gate of the temple, and he had been paralyzed for 38 years, and they raised him up, and he was healed. And I used that as an example, and they said, no, this is symbolic. These things don't literally happen. It was like we were all spiritual cripples. And when Jesus came to us, He healed us. And they said, you just have to take these things as allegories, as symbolism. And so I was quoting the Word of God, and because of this, people came out and criticized the Word of God because I was using that as my authority. And I was raised to believe that the Bible was accurate. They would say this, but they didn't believe it. They just believed that there were certain things that weren't for us today, I even heard Bill Clinton one time. He was being interviewed, President Bill Clinton, and he claimed to be a born-again Christian, and yet he promoted homosexuality, he promoted abortion, he promoted a number of things that were contrary to the Bible. And so in a news conference, somebody asked him this question, you claim to be a born-again Christian, and yet you are promoting these things that are contrary to the Bible. And Bill Clinton's answer to that was that the Bible was accurate for the time, but times have changed. It doesn't apply to us. We have to interpret the Bible in the light of what's going on today. In other words, he was saying he didn't believe in the God-breathed, inerrant uh, qualities of the Bible. He believed it was open to interpretation and it had to be adjusted and times change and the truths, the morality in the Bible change. And see, again, he just didn't believe in the accuracy of the Bible. And there's a lot of people that are like that. But prophecy, I believe, is one of the greatest validations 
OF THE ACCURACY OF THE BIBLE. SO WHEN I WAS BEING OUTSPOKEN AND CHALLENGING SOME OF THESE BELIEF SYSTEMS IN MY CHURCH THAT I WAS BROUGHT UP IN, THEY CAME AGAINST ME AND SAID, YOU CAN'T TAKE THE BIBLE LITERALLY. THIS DOESN'T APPLY TO US TODAY. AND BECAUSE OF SO MUCH CRITICISM, DID YOU KNOW THAT I ACTUALLY BEGIN TO CONSIDER THEIR CLAIMS? AND I HAD NEVER PERSONALLY SAT DOWN AND CHALLENGED THE BIBLE. I HAD JUST ACCEPTED IT BECAUSE THAT'S THE WAY THAT I WAS TAUGHT, THAT THIS IS THE WORD OF GOD AND YOU BELIEVE IT. AND SO WHEN I WAS CHALLENGED, I WENT THROUGH ABOUT A WEEK'S PERIOD OF TIME WHERE I SAID, HOW DO I KNOW THAT MY BLACK BOOK IS BETTER THAN ANYBODY ELSE'S BLACK BOOK? HOW DO I KNOW THAT THE BIBLE IS ACCURATE IN ALL OF ITS DETAILS? How, HOW CAN I BASE MY FAITH ON THIS? AND FOR ABOUT A WEEK, I DOUBTED, AND I'VE GOT TO TELL YOU, IT WAS ONE OF THE WORST WEEKS OF MY ENTIRE LIFE. I MEAN, MY WHOLE LIFE, MY WHOLE FOUNDATIONS WERE COMING UNRAVELED AS I BEGAN TO DOUBT, IS THIS REALLY THE WORD OF GOD? AND THE LORD DID A LOT OF THINGS IN MY LIFE, AND I HADN'T GOT TIME TO SHARE ALL OF THOSE WITH YOU, BUT PROPHECY IS ONE OF THE THINGS THAT CONVINCED ME BEYOND ANY SHADOW OF A DOUBT THAT THE BIBLE IS ACCURATE AND INSPIRED BY THE WORD OF GOD, BY THE TRUE DIRECTION OF GOD, THAT THEY WERE MOVED BY GOD. IT WAS GOD-BREATHED. AND IT'S ONE OF THE THINGS THAT FINALLY CAUSED ME TO JUST BELIEVE IN THE ACCURACY OF THE BIBLE. THERE ARE OVER 300 PROPHECIES RECORDED IN SCRIPTURE ABOUT THE COMING OF JESUS. NOW, THIS IS JUST CONCERNING THE COMING OF JESUS. THERE ARE LITERALLY HUNDREDS OF OTHER PROPHECIES THAT ARE JUST SO ACCURATE, IT'S AMAZING. BUT 300 PROPHECIES THAT SPEAK ABOUT THE COMING OF JESUS. DID YOU KNOW THAT THERE IS NO OTHER BOOK IN THE HISTORY OF THE WORLD THAT EVEN COMES CLOSE TO THIS? THERE ARE SOME BOOKS. I'VE READ SOME THINGS ABOUT RASMUSSEN AND SOME OTHER PEOPLE THAT HAD PROPHECIES, AND PEOPLE HAVE TRIED TO EXTRAPOLATE FROM THAT THAT THESE ARE THINGS THAT ARE FULFILLED IN OUR DAY. BUT EVEN AT THAT, THERE ARE LIKE A DOZEN. THERE ARE JUST VERY FEW. BUT THE BIBLE HAS 300 PROPHECIES CONCERNING THE COMING OF JESUS ONLY, AND THEY ARE VERY SPECIFIC PROPHECIES. THERE IS NO OTHER BOOK IN THE HISTORY OF THE WORLD THAT EVEN COMES REMOTELY CLOSE TO THIS. AND LOOK AT THIS. THERE WAS A PROPHECY THAT JESUS WOULD BE BORN IN BETHLEHEM. NOW, THERE WAS A LOT OF PEOPLE BORN IN BETHLEHEM, SO YOU COULD SAY, WELL, THAT COULD BE FULFILLED BY A NUMBER OF PEOPLE. BUT LOOK AT THIS. IF YOU TAKE THE PEOPLE THAT WERE BORN IN BETHLEHEM DURING THAT TIME, AND IF JUST 48 OF THE 300 PROPHECIES ABOUT JESUS WERE TO COME TO PASS IN THEIR LIFE, THE PROBABILITY... YOU KNOW, WHEN I WENT TO SCHOOL, I WAS A MATH MAJOR, AND WE STUDIED SCIENCE OF PROBABILITY. AND ACCORDING TO PROBABILITIES, THE CHANCES OF ONE PERSON BORN IN BETHLEHEM FULFILLING JUST 48 OF THE 300 PROPHECIES, NOT ALL OF THEM, BUT JUST 48 OF THEM, IT IS ONE CHANCE IN 10 TO THE 157TH POWER. THAT IS FROM PETER STONER'S SCIENCE SPEAKS. SO IT'S ONE IN 10 TO THE 157TH POWER. THAT IS THE CHANCES OF SOMETHING LIKE THAT HAPPENING. AND WHEN I WAS IN SCHOOL, THEY SAID THAT ANYTHING THAT IS ONE TIMES 10 TO THE 12TH POWER, ANYTHING BEYOND THAT IS STATISTICALLY IMPOSSIBLE. DID YOU KNOW THAT EVOLUTION IS ONE TIMES 10 TO THE TRILLIONTH SOMETHING POWER? BUT ANYTHING TIMES ONE TIMES 
10 to the 12th power is statistically impossible, and yet the chances of one person being born in Bethlehem fulfilling just 48 of these 300 prophecies is 1 times 10 to the 157th power. That's with 157 zeros behind it. This is 13 times more impossible than what mathematics says is possible. Man, that was awesome. I tell you, the Bible is inspired, and prophecy is one of the greatest things that God ever gave us to verify the accuracy of the Bible. So anyway, we've got a lot more detail. You're only getting a portion of this. I encourage you to get the entire material that we're offering. It comes in this package, and it's just really going to be a blessing to you. So listen to our announcer, and please call or write today. Today, Andrew's pleased to offer his highly anticipated series, Biblical Worldview, Foundational Truths. In this series, Andrew outlines the importance for every Christian believer to have a biblical worldview. I am really excited about this brand new product that we have entitled Biblical Worldview, Foundation Truths. This has been years in the making, and it's different than just my typical teaching in the sense that we have graphs, charts, quotes, all kinds of visuals to supplement this. And I tell you, my uh, media department just did a great job. I think that this is one of the most important things I've ever taught. Each of the 12 lessons in this series include a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and a personal access code to the online videos. Each lesson is full of supporting facts, quotes, charts, and historic visuals. Through the online platform, you'll have lifetime access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths is available for only $120. Go to awmi.net to order this valuable resource today for you or someone you love. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product detail and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of August, join Andrew in Woodland Park as he hosts our annual Healing is Here conference. In September, Andrew will be in Toronto, Canada, hosting a Gospel Truth seminar. Next, Andrew will be speaking in Granville, Michigan. Also in September, Andrew will be in Woodland Park for the Identity in Christ Conference with guest speaker, Pastor Dwayne Sheriff. 
Lastly, Andrew will be speaking in Woodbridge, Virginia at the Voice of the Apostles event. And in October, Andrew will be speaking in Colorado Springs. Next, come join Andrew in Woodland Park for our annual Minister's Conference. Then he'll be speaking in Budapest, Hungary for a Grace and Faith Conference. Also in October, Andrew will be hosting the Andrew Womack Ministries European Minister's Conference in Walsall, England. Guest speakers at this event are Paul Milligan, Billy Epperhart, and Bob Yandian. Lastly, Andrew will be hosting a Grace and Faith Conference in Wienendal, Netherlands. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. Hello, this is Andrew Womack, and I'd like to encourage you to check out our Gospel Truth TV. You are going to be blessed, so check it out. It's 24-7, gospeltruth.tv.